Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to episode 283 of the Player Player Podcast. Before we get started, I want to give a big thank you to the both older and new additions to our crew tuning in to listen to us do what we do. What is that, Arsene? Talk about video games. Talk about video games. Every Thursday of every week, we gather around the virtual water cooler, discuss video games and the culture surrounding them. I'm your host, Joseph Hooper, a.k.a. The Hoop Man, along with my co-host, Traveler of the Lands Between, Arsene Lakpa. Hello, everyone. It is I, Arsene. I've traveled from far, far away, the lands between, in order to reach you, to ask for your help. No, I don't need your credit card. I need your souls. Give me your souls. I need to level up. I need to become level 999 <laughs> in order to take on the earth tree itself. I'm going to cut down the whole That's tree. Crazy. I need a chainsaw big enough to take down the whole tree. I need your souls. <laughs> Give me the souls now. Thank you very much. That's crazy. Taking on the whole tree. Okay, I'm, I'm cutting it. Is there a level in, or is there a boss fight in Elden where you got to fight the tree? Or Not the tree. There this are is the tree, tree protectors. Yeah, they are big ass trees. They ain't they ain't as big as the earth tree. They're not the earth tree. Yeah, you're right. You're right. They're very they're okay. very small in comparison. Also, the earth tree is if you remember, that, it's that huge. Goes into the into the ground. It's deep. Yeah, yeah, you ain't cutting that bitch off. At least not the roots. That's true. Um. All right, everybody. I know past couple weeks we we've been talking Xbox. We've been saying, hey, they're going multi platform. They're not going multi platform. It is that and the other. We're here to talk about some games this episode, though. We're talking all about games. Uh, talk about Steam Next Fest demos that you touched. Talking about some games we're looking forward to. X, Y, and Z. Um, so let's get ready to jump into it. But before we do. Let's talk about this Xbox app, all right? Because one last little bit of Xbox news. It's not really news, but we were talking about how Dead Island is apparently available on Game Pass. And you were talking about how you are a seasoned and somewhat traumatized veteran when it comes to navigating the Xbox PC app. Let's talk about it. The Xbox PC app felt to me in the year 2022, 2023, when I was, you know, well, I, honestly, from the from the jump, so probably 2021 when I first got on uh, Game Pass, it felt like using Internet Explorer. Like, you know, you're, you're, you feel light years behind any other app. Obviously, compared to Steam, Steam is a responsive, you know, application. You can do X, Y, Z. You've got your friends. Everything's easy to happen, like easy to do. The Xbox app was almost like an afterthought for uh for microsoft at the time and i think it's because they were probably like you know still getting their groove they're still working on the game pass stuff so i think it it, you know it's been in a work in progress as i think they tried to you know make it be known they're like hey it's kind of in beta state but golly they should have said it was in an alpha state bro i feel like i could i was barely able to like click on pages to like go look at the the game i wanted to click on i click on the app it takes like you know 10 seconds to load my like games on the side weren't loading i couldn't access cloud gaming from uh you know from the actual like xbox app you have to go through the browser and there was just a, it was just a lot of headaches and a lot of hiccups updating the app was a, a headache but now i think within the past year they have definitely they've refreshed the app um it has the same like look and feel to it which is nice and but it is more responsive and it has like you know a, a decent set of features that you would expect from um an application that would you know have games that you can install on you know the uh on on, on a microsoft device i wish oh, they would have just oh, yeah. put it in the store like you know just put all the games in the wait put what in the store well Honestly, I guess like having like an Xbox section of the Windows Store. Mm. Excuse me, because um, the games are already there. Like I think if I were to go to open up Windows Store, I'm opening it just, right like, now. Search the game, and then you know, oh yeah, you can it the same way. Go to gaming. Oh, I see Candy Crushes, best selling. First, how is Candy Crush on the fucking Windows PC one of the best selling games? Who the hell is playing this on Windows PC? I mean, they got a best of Game Pass. All right, all right, hold, 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 hold. I'm about to. Okay, Whoa, okay, okay. all right. <laughs> wait a second. All right, you know, I know this we're somewhat Xboxed. We're somewhat Xboxed apologists on this podcast. You know, we love when Xbox experiments. We love Game Pass. Oh, they're making this type of game. They're making Hi-Fi Rush. Oh, you know, they might not win them all. 
this is unexcusable, all right? This is unfucking excusable, Microsoft. You guys have had operating software before I was even in fucking on this earth. I don't know if that's true. I was born in 1994. I don't know when Windows as an operating, so- operating software came out. It's been a long fucking time. It's about as old as me, if not older, all right? How the hell, like, why is the the PC application, the PC software, the worst part of this whole infrastructure? I get it. I get it. I, I know Microsoft as a company didn't really give a fuck about Xbox until like the last two year, two, three years when they started spending money. But mm-hmm. this is it's crazy. You have a Microsoft store app that has all this Game Pass stuff in here talking about included with Game Pass x y and z it should just redirect you back to the xbox app right if y'all gonna have two separate apps why do y'all have two different storefronts first of all that doesn't make any damn sense and second of all why i said this last week y'all need a fucking xbox operating software right like do yeah we don't need all these fucking storefronts this that or the other he he ha ha you can buy it here you can buy it over there y'all need to have one xbox application on windows that boots up into this xbox operating software similar to steam it's polished is one location and then when i boot up my xbox it should be the same it should be running on something similar or basically exact same operating software look the exact same all this stuff all interconnected all right and i I, so help me god all right so help me god if 2026 comes around Oh, All no. right. If 2026 comes around and really fall of 2025 is probably when they're when they're going to announce it. But if 2026 comes around and we get this new fucking Xbox console and they first of all, if we don't get a handheld, it's already on site. Like <laughs> there's been too many rumors. Like I get how motherfuckers got upset about, oh, they're rumoring multi-platform and now people are getting upset about it for no reason, even though it's not confirmed. I'm that for the handheld. All right. I know they haven't okay. confirmed anybody, anything, but if I don't see a handheld, it's on site. I'm mad. Uh, second of all, if this handheld and the new Xbox and the Windows PC are not all perfectly in sync from a operating software UI standpoint, I mean, it's really on site. Like Matt Booty, Phil Spencer, uh, unfortunately, Sarah Bond is no, on site for all Sarah of you guys. Bond, We're no. running hands. We're running hands. All right. So like you guys have had enough time to figure this out. Sure. Perfect dark might not play like I wanted to play. I can get over that. But if this fucking operating software is not where it needs to be. We're talking about multi-platform killing Xbox. I'm killing Xbox myself. All right. If they don't figure it out this upcoming generation, I'm done playing games. I will say I'm, you know, basically on the same page as you, but I will give them a bit of slack for is that the right word? Give them a bit of I'll give them a bit of leeway for having the Microsoft gaming section of the Microsoft store or the Xbox gaming section of the Microsoft store and the Xbox app simultaneously. I think they're in a wine, you know, this is just my, you know, my thoughts on this. I think they're they're winding it down in order to, you know, get that shit out of the store. And keep it, you know, do do what you're, you know, wanting okay. to do and boot it. Okay. I think that that's where they're moving towards. Because before last year, there was no way. If they even, like, they, they had to have both of these shits. Because that Xbox app was dog <laughs> shit, bro. There was no, nah, they, they, they needed. I, I feel like there was a, I may have false memories here. But I feel like there was at least one game where I couldn't even download it through the Xbox app. I had to go fuck around and, you know, hit the download button in microsoft store and then come oh, back no nah. i definitely remember i don't remember which game it was but i definitely had to do that hit download in the microsoft store because it's through it has game pass and then come back to the xbox app and i could you know play it or whatever so the <laughs> shit was scuffed so lord, uh, lord help me i think they're they're trying to phase it out they're gonna get rid of the okay. microsoft gaming tab in the microsoft store and we're gonna okay. uh, xbox is the is the future all right. Well, Phil, Phil Spencer, I know you listen to this podcast, you know, no, no hard words, no hard feelings, but go ahead and figure that out. I get it. It's hard to, to train. We saw Epic Game Store. They launched that shit and they had like two features and people were pissed and they still added shit and they still can't get parody for Steam. I understand it's hard, but I need to see some, I need to see some commitments because I know Phil Spencer's always like, yeah, we working on it. We're working on stuff. We're working. I need to see some, some roadmap, some commitments. All right. Let's figure it out. Uh, but speaking of spe- speaking of scuff, this this episode is going to kind of be all over the place because uh, I just want to talk about a lot of the the games that have been circulating recently. Speaking of scuffed, 
Have you seen the new little little devil inside trailer that dropped today? I watched. I kind of skimmed through it, um, and I noticed the the point that you brought up. But I'm willing to give them a benefit of the doubt. Okay. But okay. I'll actually. I don't think I can, bro. It's been 10 years. <laughs> That's... That's Baldur Gate timeline. That's Baldur Gate Baldur's 3 timeline, timeline right there. And we're chugging and on a on a gameplay trailer. You haven't spoken to your fans in three years. And you show them a 10 frame for a second, tra- like, you know, main gameplay trailer. I think it was only like the, like the combat sections, right? Or was it... I've, yeah, how much of it was yeah, it was choppy. pretty much the combat sections. Like, um, so for for the record, guys, Little Devil Inside. Obviously, we first saw it with PlayStation, and I know PlayStation. I you know no no disrespect to Little Devil Inside team. I know it's hard, and in the message they sent out, they basically said, "Yeah, we had this game. We were a small group of people." Then we had like a little team and then we basically made a company and we were ready to do this shit. And then we realized that doesn't actually work. So we had to scale back and now we're a smaller team again. Um, so I feel I'm not trying to put any of the devs down, but I'm giving, I'm giving, you know, honest feedback here. Right. PlayStation had to, if PlayStation saw that most recent trailer, they were probably like, Oh, <laughs> oh, okay. All right. So we got a little bit, we need a little bit more time or something. Uh, Cause yeah, like, the concept and the visual style and like how they were presenting most of the gameplay looked really awesome, really incredible in my opinion. Like very similar to how when we saw that original debut trailer, you're like, oh shit, like this is something completely unique. It almost feels like little nightmares in the modern in the modern uh you know in the modern day. Like I loved how they in this trailer showed the character walking into towns or like just being in all these different rooms. And like, it seemed like every little scene had a different directorial angle on it. I thought that was awesome. But yeah, then you see the the action where you're literally like, you can literally see the game running and you're running from some monster or whatever. And that shit, it, it looks, it's some of the worst gameplay footage I've seen in a long time. In a lot, like it looks scuffed, um, and it might be because you know they said they ported the entire game to Unreal Engine Five, so maybe they just so far did like some base standard port and haven't figured out how to optimize it yet. Hoping that's mm-hmm. the case, but uh, yeah, if this game looks like it does in the current trailer when it comes out, definitely a hard pass for me. Ain't no way I can buy this game in good faith, but I really do hope they they figure it out. And it sounds so. When it was at the Sony showcase, was it supposed to be an exclusive? Was it like Sony published at that point? Uh, it felt like an exclusive. I don't remember. I think it was a PlayStation exclusive, kind of like Stray. I don't know if it was published by PlayStation, because I mean, because they said they they're looking for a new publisher. Yeah. So I don't know if that means. PlayStation dropped them. Or? Get the axe. That's what I'm. That's what. That's why I, I brought know. it up because I'm like, dang, it seems kind of. Maybe that's even more reason why they uh, are in the situation that they're in now. Also, the yeah, their they, publisher was Neo Stream Interactive. I don't know who that is, but I've not heard of them. Maybe they're still. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe they're still. Sony exclusive. It's just, you know, under, under new management or something like that. Oh, well. I wish them the best hey, of luck, though. Uh, I just went to their... I went to their Kickstarter and... Seems like people on some the people are, are still salty. Yeah, they uh, they got BS. some feeling. <laughs> Dang, what a load of BS this person says. Uh, Alright. Let's move on to another game. Let's give... I want to get your impressions on Baldur's Gate 3. So uh, for people who are interested, you talked a little bit about your journey so far in the cooldown that's dropping tomorrow. But give us your, how are you feeling about the game at this point in time? I have a newfound love for Baldur's Gate 3. Let's go. I was always, you know, enjoying the game. I never felt really soured. I think when I was in the goblin camp, I was still trying to get my feet wet with like how combat works, blah, blah, blah. So, you know, I'm still learning. Uh, but I don't know if I had 100% hit that stride. I didn't have the itch 
like I do now. I've got the Baldur's Gate itch. I'm sitting here like all day. I was thinking like, dang, should I go and like maybe I should like try and get you know, put an hour in. Maybe I should try and you know just see what. Because <laughs> like you know I stopped at a point where I'm like I'm about to meet like a certain character or I guess a certain character. Um, where I'm like, okay, well I kind of want to see what's going, what's their deal. Like I, I want to put some time into, it. I want to put some time into it. And then I didn't put some time into it. So now I'm thinking about it right now, and I'm like, dang, do mm-hmm. we even need to record the podcast anymore? I could be go, I could be playing Baldur's Gate three. So I definitely have the itch. I love um every little aspect of this game so far. I love the you know freedom to do kind of like whatever you want. There's a lot of things that uh I guess like systems that I still feel like a novice in um especially with a lot of those skills but overall it's just a fun experience i don't i don't know how else to really describe it how else to sell it to anybody else you're you're going on you're going in this game uh on a true adventure where you feel like an adventurer so i mean and i think what will be interesting is uh you haven't really talked to us about Baldur's gate 3 obviously because you like started going back in it or like you just started getting back into it. But once you like, once you and I start talking about it and once like we start talking about it with everybody else, that's when the game gets even better. Yeah, Cause then you realize all the yeah, stuff that you're like, wait yeah. a second, what, what this, what that, the other show, you know, before hopefully we have time at the end to kind of just sync up on where you're at. Cause I'm very curious on what decisions you make. Uh, who's in, who's okay. your main party right now? I've kept my party pretty uh, straight. I, I Coming up pretty straight so far. Um, I've got Shadowheart, Asterion, and Gale. I wanted to swap Gale out for Will just because, you know, I want to see a brother uh, mm. rocking his Warlock skills. But he's still, like, I'm worried about the whole, like, level, uh, you know, difference. You know, my, my boys are, we're already at level four now. He's still a level oh. one because I didn't, you know, uh, you know, I didn't. Use them. time into him i didn't use them at all so i'm like dang like can i ca- how do i catch him up so i'm worried about it go ahead let me tell you about a great feature Baldur's gate has right because every time you swap in a new character no. they get all me. the levels yes. of everybody no. else baby this okay, game right, is right. goaded right so it, it it removes all of the negative feelings you might have or like that burden, that that exact burden you're talking about, where you're like, ah, I want to use this person, but they're not, they're not as invested as my other characters. As long as you've got some armor and weapons okay. that can be equipped to them, you're good because you get to re, you get to basically catch them up to speed every time you equip them. There are two other reasons why I haven't added him yet. One, I'm kind of getting deeper into Gale's like you know backstory, and I'm kind of like, okay, well, I want, I want to know a little bit how his plays out because it seems a bit bigger than what i was expecting i was like okay wow this is kind of a little nutty um and two will has beef with carlac and i'm like bro i'm trying to meet carlac i'm trying i don't want there to be no problems with carlac i'm trying to i'm trying to say i'm trying to say what's up you know what i'm saying so i don't want there to be no problems if i roll up on her uh because you know he ain't gonna like my decisions you feel me right right so that's why will is kind of on the on the the back burner right now but i'm glad to know that you know we have that level up situation where i won't have to you know worry about being you know leaving people behind so, yeah that's good very though. interesting i had uh almost completely different party really? starting out i was i had an all lady squad so i was okay. running uh carlac shadowheart and uh lazel uh, uh yeah lazelle Lizelle, and yeah. I, I, I love that squad still i love Wait, what were you about to say? I lost Lizelle. I was, like, as in, <laughs> as in, I didn't explore enough in the beginning, and then I was like, okay, let me explore. And then I had seen like a brief, like small snippet from RDC when they played Baldur's Gate that one time, so I knew where she w- was. And I was like, all right, let me try and you know make my way over there. When I showed up, she was <laughs> the cage was empty, and the people around it were dead. And I was like, oh, my God, that's so crazy. Like, this one, she is gone. So I I, I, even, I looked at oh I, I shouldn't have looked it up. I definitely I spoiled it for myself what happened with her. But uh, yeah, so I, I maybe I will encounter her later on. But she she dipped, bro. I was I was like, that's bro, crazy. Wait, where's my girl? I was ready. I was yeah. ready to pick her up on the way to the little druid zone. That's, and I couldn't find her. 
That's crazy because Lizelle is me and Lizelle have, have been on a journey uh, this during my playthrough. So um, yeah, Man. we'll talk about it more later. But this is what I'm talking about. This this is the stuff I didn't know that she could she would disappear like that. That's she cool, did, bro. She did. Okay, okay, cool. Um, let's talk about Balatro or Balatro. I Balatro. still don't know how to play this pronounce this game. Balatro. This game is good this is not difficult it's not complicated so for people at home balatro recently came out um i think on tuesday uh i'm doing a review right now i'm gonna give you guys a little insider review this game is getting a nine out of ten for me this roguelite is master class man it's just so fun it's so pure uh and it's it's so easy to to just get sucked in. So for people at home who are trying to understand what Balatro is, it is a poker roguelite where you're not playing against anybody, but what you're trying to do is make the best possible poker hands um, to basically earn chips. And to go to the next round, there's always like a certain amount of chips you have to earn. So to do this, you basically build strategies because every time you win a round, you get to go to the shop and either buy a card or buy a modifier for your card or your scoring system that helps you build around a certain playing strategy. So for example, I just played a run before we started recording and my run was all about two pairs. So basically getting two sets of pairs in my hands. So one key aspect of the game is that you can get these celestial cards and the celestial cards just level up what any specific hand can give you. So I open up a little trading card pack and one of the cards is, okay, you can level up your two pair scoring, you know, up one level. So now when I get two pairs, I get a little more points. So my first, like this past run, like the first, like, I don't even know, you know, wave or whatever you call them in Rogue. Like the first, like, what is it called? Like in Hades where it's like, okay, this is like the fire level and all the waves that I see are in this like little domain. And then I move over to like the, you know, what, what would you call those? Like, like areas? Yeah, sure. It's not biomes in Balatro, but let's just call them biomes like or waves. Yeah. So the first wave, I, you know, I started winning and I kept getting these celestial packs and I kept leveling up my two pair. So by the end of the first wave, I'm like, okay, my two pair is on level four. Oh, so like, I'm just going to keep le- leaning into this. So then like, I got these cards, these jokers and the jokers in the game aren't in your regular deck, but the jokers all have special abilities that can modify each of your hands. So eventually I started finding jokers that give me even more bonuses for two pairs. So I got one that gave me a static bonus for two pair and I got one joker that gave me a multiplier based on however times I had played that certain type of hand. So eventually it just started becoming a self-fulfilling prophecy Ooh. where it's like, okay, I have, I've played six, two pairs, every two pair I play after that. Now the multiplier is just growing as I'm like building on the meta for my deck. So by the end I'm getting like 56 times multipliers because I've just played only two pairs my entire run. Uh, and then I added a joker that increased my hand. So now I'm drawing like three extra cards per hand. And when you're looking for pairs, obviously that, you know, increases the likelihood of finding it. So it's just bills and bills and bills. Okay, okay. And you're just going crazy. Um, and yeah, it's just so addicting. Like the game is straightforward. There's no story. There's no none of that. It's just, you know, finding new cool joker modifiers, finding new uh, bills to try and get the best run and whatnot. Uh, and this game is hella addicting. I think it's twenty dollars. It's on all platforms. I on highly, sale. highly recommend this. Thirteen is it's fifteen dollars on sale for thirteen dollars. Fifteen dollars, guys. That's a that's go a buy meal it right there. You I mean, can skip one meal. Meals come and go, but Balatro exactly. Balatro lasts forever until they turn the servers off. Actually, no, it's, you know, it's local. Until they turn Steam off. Until they turn Steam off. Uh, so yeah. Turn up, Balotro, fantastic. Moving on, do you have any other games you want to talk about specifically that you've been playing? Um, let me see. I guess I'll go a little bit to talk about what I played. I think this is probably like last week or the week before. Um, sure. Like a Dragon, Gaiden. 
Um, I wanted to play it just a little bit, just to know what was going on with Kiryu before I eventually, inevitably end up on uh, Like a Dragon Infinite Wealth. Um, mm-hmm. I Once again, you know, I think I had the same situation when I played Yakuza 0 um, for a little bit. I you know, really don't vibe with that action combat in the Yakuza games, which I think is you know, crazy because, you know, beat-em-ups, or typically like you know, like oh wow, just like, you know, just beating them up. But this one, just, the, the this style of beat them up, it's just it feels a little too mindless to me. I don't know if it's just because it's uh, like a dragon Gaiden, or because that was just Yakuza Zero. Maybe they there's some other games where it was a bit more fleshed out, or I just hadn't gotten you know far enough in it. But the, the, that type of combat isn't really satisfying to me. Um, yep. Even with all whatever upgrades you want me to do, even with the cool fancy like special attacks, it doesn't really speak to me that much. But when I tell you, bro, the characters are just one. The Yakuza characters are just so compelling. I don't even know half these motherfuckers, bro. They're they kind of <laughs> like you know they'll mention something like yeah the Omi Alliance, bro. Man, they they get they Omi Alliance, crazy. and then I'm like the Omi Alliance, no way. And there's even a part where you got to like kind of like. You get to see where the story is in Like a Dragon Gaiden is parallel to uh, Like a Dragon uh, or, you know, Yakuza 7, you know, the one from mm-hmm. uh, 2018 or whatever. Um, so I thought that was also pretty cool. But just like the, these characters, I'm like, they, 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 it feels like you're watching an, a, an HBO level show, honestly, at yep. times when you're watching these cutscenes. Obviously, there's some ridiculous things that go on, but like just the like the raw energy that you know a character like you know Kiryu um has you know obviously he's a he's a very different protagonist he's very serious he's very like I think like I, I'll call him hard boiled you know I know people you know they, people call people hard boiled sometimes yeah. Kiryu is a hard boiled individual bro he'll he'll drop like the them like cold ass one liners where you're like mm, okay this man he be standing on business he be standing he's standing okay. on business the whole time so I definitely feel like an attachment for Kiryu now, which makes me want to complete the game despite the combat just being kind of, or, you know, it's just kind of okay. You know, and then there are some down moments where they just got you running around doing some random ass shit. Like, you know, where there's a whole like part, like I guess like half of the chapter that I was, I did where it was like, Hey man, I need you to help me with some like side. I'm trying to set up like a, a network of homeless people. And I was like, now we're going people. And then they were like, and it basically was like some Death Stranding type shit where you got to go and do a, a quest for somebody. Then they get added to the network and then it like makes your network more. Po- I don't know, man. I was like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> Give me that kind of stuff. I, got, I was like in the middle of trying to like rescue somebody too. Somebody, one of my like uh, coworkers was being, you know, kidnapped and tortured. They talking about saying, yeah, let's, let's get our Death Stranding network. I'm like, Get this shit out of here, bro. But other than that, <laughs> it's a clean ass game and definitely a clean ass series. I'm very ready for Infinite Wealth. Whenever, I mean, that's gonna be a win. Probably yes, April. Sir. When 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 do yeah. you think you're gonna start playing it? Uh, whenever I finish Final Fantasy, depending on how long that's gonna take me, okay. Then I think I'll be able to gauge when to fit like a dragon because like obviously now we got shadow of the earth tree looming oh, in or in what was it june june, june. That's so fun. we'll talk about that in a second but um i gotta figure out because like a dragon i already remember no we're talking maybe it might it's gonna take me a couple months to finish this yeah. shit and i'm still playing Baldur's gate too so um it's gonna take some time to slot but i have no doubt i'll finish before the end of the year for sure i just don't know when i'm gonna slide into the because i need a I need to be playing this daily. It really was my little soap opera when I was playing like <laughs> a dragon on game pass a couple years ago. Cause it is exactly what you say where it's like, sure. It's wacky as shit. Like half the time you know, picking up trash or whatever the fuck you're doing. But then you get those hardcore moments where you're in that little, mm-hmm. that little soap house or whatever it's called. And you're, you're, you're talking, you're looking oh for your childhood. mom. Yeah. Like it's just whew, coin locker, baby. Come on now. Come on. So, Come on. So, yeah, I can't wait to see what drama they got up their sleeve uh, in this one. And just pure insanity because the side missions were just a lot of times just as fun as the main story because they just had you doing crazy stuff like putting a grown ass man in diapers and shit. So, um, I'm looking forward to it. Looking forward to it. Um, moving on, I will, I'll leave it up to you. Should we talk about normal fishing? Because I asked you to play it. 
I ask you to play it. I don't okay, want okay. to spoil. This is what I'll say. All right. Yeah. Guys, we will know. We will take no longer than you know five minutes to talk about this game. We I'll, like we'll try and keep it spoiler light. We won't talk about the the best parts of the game. But we got to talk about normal fishing, right? Because I want to hear your it. thoughts. I tried to get you on it. I played it and I immediately was like, no, oh, fuck no. Arson has to play this before <laughs> we start the uh, the next podcast. Give me your thoughts about how you felt going into it. Um, and skip ahead. If you want to go like the game, you get a lot of value out of it if you go in completely blind. So if you're if you have a Steam Deck, if you have a PC, I highly suggest skip the skip five minutes ahead and uh play the demo on your own go ahead okay so i think you know everybody you know with a brain right now can figure out that a game called normal fishing obviously there's something going on with it right because the title is normal fishing it can't just be a normal fishing game i will not go into like what the twist is or any like what the twists and turns are of the game but i will say that from the gameplay that i played i was immediately you know captivated you know i thought it had i I love the little 8-bit art style um the actual normal fishing i thought was um i was pretty fun you know i, I like it the, was the fishing, the fishing gameplay it was very i don't think i've seen any other you know fishing mini game like that um i think you know this day and age you know I, for some reason i feel like this day and age people are always trying to one-up each other in their fishing mini games you know everybody got to do something <laughs> different, of course because you don't want to say oh this is the same fishing mini game as stardew valley this is the same one as uh cult of the lamb nah so normal fishing you know obviously since this is a core mechanic of the game they had to they had to put their foot in it and i, I mean you're you're shooting out bait pellets from your hook yeah in order to like kind of like attract the fish and then you have to like it turns into like a slightly like a slight rhythm game where you're yeah. battle- <laughs> you gotta see it to believe it and that's not even the crazy part of the game like the, the it really is definitely comes later but it is a crazy like introduction to the game um the characters of the game i thought were uh very interesting um you know from the jump you already can tell that things are literally i think from the first the first line of dialogue, I was like, oh, okay, we're going to do one of those. But I thought it was going to maybe lean more into, ah, oh, what can I say without trying to get too spoilery? I'm not even going to say what like I thought goofy, it was going to lean into. Goofiness? Or... Let's not, I don't even want to say that. I okay, say okay. What I thought it was going to, which direction I thought it was going to lean, because I want people to really be able to experience it for their, for themselves. Um, But yeah, it, it turned out to be a lot more than I was expecting it to be. And yep. I'm hoping that the game will deliver in the end uh, because I, I, I'm saying good luck to the devs right now. Hope y'all can, you know, follow through with this, uh, with the, the entire game. Yeah. I mean, That's this is description, but I really, yeah, I think you did a great job. I, to add on to that, I think this game is like probably now going to be one of my most anticipated indies going forward until it's released. Uh, because if the game, if the rest of the game is a, is as interesting as that demo, I'm like, we are about to eat. Um, so yeah, definitely playing the demo. Like like you said, I was like, I was like, okay, this is you know, this is pretty interesting. Okay, this seems seems a little fun, a little wacky, little game. And I'm playing the the mini games. And I'm like, okay, like this is pretty fun. And as it evolves, I'm like, oh, okay, so I, I think I understand what the game is gonna be. Like you know, it's just kind of you know. It's just evolving in its own little way, and the mechanics are getting a little more advanced. Typical stuff, but you know, I think they're leaning into their own style. And needless to say, I was definitely right. By the time I ended the credits, I was like, "Okay, this is this is definitely kind of what I thought it was going to be." But it it definitely went the extra mile to make sure yeah. fans were satisfied. All right, um, and it and I was like. Honestly, I was like, dang, this is a long ass fucking demo. Like yes. I was I was like, uh I'm like, should I even keep playing? Like, I guess I'll see it to the end. And I am so glad I saw it to the end because now I'm like, okay. I didn't think that they were gonna be able to hook me after playing so much. Mm-hmm. I was like, why would I even buy the whole thing? But now I see. Now I see why I need to jump back in for the full title. Yeah. I and this is just to kind of like as an aside, um, when I did get, a, I did get a chance to play a couple of Steam Next Fest games, or I guess just like demos at this point. Um, 
the demos are some demos are a little too long. I was I was kind yeah. of did end up turning me away from a game where a game where I was like, oh wow, this looks pretty hype. Now I'm kind of like, give me 30 minutes max with with your game, so that way I feel like I'm you know still craving more. I feel like I didn't get hooked with some of these games because they they gave me too much. So yep, agreed. That was kind of a a sour note that I had with some of these uh, demos I I recently played. But normal fishing, however, nah, that was the right. That was the right link. I did it the same way that you did for sure. Yeah, I I think a lot of the Steam Next Fest demos reminded me of like how it feels to go to PAX when you're like on a demo and you're like, dang, I've been I've been playing this shit for damn near an hour, bro. Like it's like, do other people need to get on or like like what's going on? So definitely keep your demos short, people. Like you know, I appreciate giving us you know a lot of free content, but. There's, there's an art to the demo to get people to want to, you know, buy the full product, especially because I don't want to have to replay a lot of content. So, mm-hmm. uh, like, I don't want to play an hour of a demo and be like, okay, well, now I have to go back in and play that same hour again later. So, um, there's an art to it for sure. Um, I want to move on to a game that we did not get a demo for, but I thought looked quite incredible. That's No Rest for the Wicked. Uh, we Ooh, recently got gameplay yes. for that. Um, this is the game coming from the Ori developers, um, Moon Studio, I believe. I I saw this gameplay trailer and I was like, "Oh nah, they fuck, they're fucking cooking over there. They are cooking to go from Ori, which is probably one of the best indie platformers of all time, to now the action RPG foray. I'm like, first of all, Souls that's a crazy like context RPG. switch. Exactly, Souls like too. Like I'm like, first of all, that's like." a drastic genre change and that's very impressive that they made that leap at all second of all this looks absolutely incredible like it's it's weird to describe it this way but it feels like almost like a triple a indie game where you're like Mm. this is just it looks so polished from a visual style from a combat style everything i'm like dang this looks this looks pretty damn fun like did you have the same opinion uh watching the demo Oh yeah, for sure. I'm pretty much all in on this one. Uh, all, I'm, all I need is that date, man. All I need is that date. It looks like it has all the. It looks like it'll scratch all the right itches. It feels. I don't want to say it feels Elden Ring like because I don't really know what the game is going to be like, but it felt like that same level of. Uh, I don't know. I guess polish is the word. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. That just felt right from like an Elden Ring, like a, a more full fledged uh, Souls like game. So well. If I'm waiting, I'm ready for when they, I think it's March 1st. Is there eight days? Is? Yeah, eight, eight or yeah. eight, nine days, nine days from now. Yeah, I'm, gonna, I'm ready. Well, maybe two weeks from now, we'll talk about uh, No Rest for the Wicked's uh, like release. How date. deep even is this game? Like, why do they need a showcase? Like, I ain't never seen somebody have just come out. I ain't never seen no indie game come out with a little showcase. Yeah, man. So <laughs> that's wait, that's honestly kind of crazy. I mean, a studio as big as this, though, now, I mean. They put out two bangers of two. I'm always like both Ori. I mean, that's true. Maybe maybe they're in the double A space now. Maybe this game is bigger than we think. I don't know, but I think I definitely need to see more because like it'll be interesting how it comes how it all comes together. I think the flashes of what we saw were really cool. Uh, Like coming across these like little campers and they being fully voice acted and stuff, and like even the setting like. Like the 3D models and everything looked great. Uh, I love that. Um, and the boss battles for sure. Obviously, it looked very souls like the pattern and the boss patterns and everything's being fully telegraphed was awesome. But in that demo, there were two aspects that I really liked. One was that they showed that you can like use magic to imbue your blade in fire. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like the guy like casts a spell or whatever, puts flame on his blade, and the blade looks super sick. And obviously, you do some extra damage with that. Very interested to see how expansive that system is, like how many different, you know, special type moves that you can do. And two, uh, there's a point where he like throws a firebomb at the boss and the boss is like completely engulfed in flames. And like it just kind of it like builds into the animation where the boss is jumping around on fire. Super Mm -hmm. sick. So I'm also curious how often like that will play a factor in like being able to exploit a boss's weaknesses. Like I know they also released an interview with uh, IGN released an interview with the team and they're like, Oh, like here's a hint. Like 
go to the blacksmith and, and stock up on fire bombs because this boss doesn't like fire. Mm. I'm like, I'm curious if I'm curious if there's anything in the world that telegraphs that. Like if you come across those campers and they're like, you know, they give some hint that he doesn't like fire or something like that. I think that'd be pretty sick. So I'm very excited about this. I'm sure I think this is gonna come out this year. Uh, I'm yeah. assuming we're gonna get a release date in a couple days. This this looks very promising. Um, moving on to break it up. Cause I think we'll probably end with shadow of the earth tree. Final fantasy reviews are coming out tomorrow. Ooh. Uh, they'll be out Ooh. by the time people are listening to this. What do you think the, the Metacritic's going to hit? 91. 91. I can see it. I can see. It. I think to be honest, I don't know if this game will sell as well or like be like, it probably will be received better, possibly, but just because this game is like so heavily reliant on the backstory that I think there's almost no way Final Fantasy VII Remake or Final Fantasy VII Rebirth sells better than Final Fantasy VII Remake because I feel like almost everybody that buys it is going to feel like they have had to play the first one first. Right. Um, so I think it'll be very divisive because, you know, there's those fucking Final Fantasy VII purists who saw the game when it was in eight pixels. They were like, this is the true story. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's not me. Obviously, I don't know what the damn story is. But I'm very excited, like, just playing. And I like I, I think I mentioned this on the Discord, playerplayerpod.com slash Discord. Uh, playing that, just playing a few minutes of that Final Set Fantasy VII, like, intermission DLC, I was like... Mm-hmm. This game just has so much fucking sauce, man. Like, you just get reminded. I'm like, oh, yeah. Like, this is what it is like when everything just works perfectly together. Like, sure, Final Fantasy 16 was fantastic with the cutscenes. And, like, obviously that, I'm assuming that nothing in Final Fantasy 7 will come close to the best cutscenes of Final Fantasy 16. But there's something about how Final Fantasy 7 presents its characters that, just hits you in the heartstrings and just charms your fucking pants off. Where it's like, I didn't give a fuck about Yuffie as soon as like when she showed up in this DLC, but the way they introduced her, I was like, oh, let's go. <laughs> I'm a Yuffie stand now. She's like goofy. She's like cornballish. And like, I like that everybody in the game is like, bro, why are you dressed like that? The fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> like, it's just so fun. Like them adding those mini games. It just makes that world feel alive um and that's the exact problem i had with final fantasy 16 is that sure like you know the main story is pretty interesting but as soon as you start walking around town and you know when all the npcs are made from like two different templates you're like yo what (laughs) like what it like the seams definitely quickly start to show um final fantasy 7 rebirth i don't think will be that way like it's gonna feature a lot of big cities from what we hear the open world is gonna be cool to explore um and I think this is going to be another game just like seven that feels or just like remake that feels full of life and, and feels exciting. So I'm super hyped to jump into that next week. I think it's getting, I can see a 91 as well, to be honest. Yeah. Um, I think this is, I think most people are going to totally dig this. I'm assuming that most of the people that didn't like the first one will bounce off. Although I think this game has a bigger consequence for the story diversion than the first one. Because mm, uh, obviously there is a iconic moment in Final Fantasy VII. Even though I didn't play the game, I know Everybody the iconic that. moment of Final Fantasy VII. And I think there's a lot of contention about how that's going to be altered in Rebirth. So, How it's going to be altered or if it's going to be altered? Is it confirmed? that If, it if and how. If okay. and how. Yeah, yeah. So, point. Okay. Yeah, exactly. So I don't know. Sephiroth's over here speaking in riddles. So who knows what this shit is going to end up like? <laughs> I just want to know why he like. I, I mean, obviously, once again, I also do not play the original game. I want to know why I'm fighting, you know, side by side, and why he's getting close ups, looking like a L'Oreal model. You know, every time. Every oh time yeah, I heard I'm about seeing, that. I'm just like, what? <laughs> what is going on? He's too close to the camera. I thought he was evil. He's yeah, you know they they got to glam him up like. Sephiroth is obviously one of the key villains that people treat like, oh, this is daddy, this is him, blah, blah, blah. I feel like there are other villains that people treat that way too. I'm trying to think. Toji. 
Some people, Toji. Some people rock with Toji like that. I would I would say Griffith, but I think Griffith's uh uh crimes are Bro, a bit far. People don't really, I, you know, zaddy him. They don't really baby girl him. When I see motherfuckers with this dude's profile picture after I've like read the <laughs> manga, you, I'm like, you know. I'm like, bro, this is the most. Uh, I'm like, putting this man as your profile picture is the most unhinged shit an anime avatar, a donner can do. Like, this is wild. No. Why y'all got this man as your no, picture? Come on, man. Like, Griffith did nothing wrong. Griffith did nothing wrong. Oh. He did everything uh, wrong. He is, he is the uh, embodiment he is of wrong. He is wrong. He, he literally is the embodiment of wrong. Anyways, back on topic. Uh, so yeah, Final Fantasy Seven reviews. I'm sure we're all going to be basking in the glory, looking at all the the podcasts, or maybe staying radio silent. Who knows? But I know we're going to be looking at the numbers go up uh, in the coming days. Yes. But speaking of numbers go up. There's no number. There's no other game. Oh, wait, you have a finger up. Oh, no. I was just saying, you know, going up. Oh, going up. I thought you were putting up a one. No, it's okay. It's okay. There's no sure Final Fantasy score going to go up. We might see a 91 or whatever. Sure, Balatro currently sits at, I I think, like a a 94 or some shit on Open Critic. Like, I mean, it's a go to game. Sure. Too high. I mean, it's at 91 now. Some, Some say too high. I would say. Not high enough. High enough. Shit. Okay. Uh, but none of this fucking matters because clearly the game with the highest review score this year is going to undoubtedly be a little game called Elden Ring. Part it. two DLC Shadow of the Urchery. We finally got a release date. We finally got a trailer. And first of all, I got, I got fucking bamboozled this morning. All right. I woke up. I watched a little Nintendo Direct. Shit was boring as hell. No offense to anybody who enjoyed it. Shit was boring. I There's mean, one I, I point just can't lie. Talk afterwards, after we talk okay, about okay. So we'll talk about the Nintendo Direct later. But I watched that two times speed, and then I was like, "Let's go, Elden Ring." I was like looking for the video, looking for the video. I found it on Bandai Namco, and I looked at the runtime. I was like, "No fucking way! Thirty three minutes. This is a full oh. breakdown." I was like, yo, I was like, yo, this this DLC is about to be fucking a hundred hour DLC. And uh and then I started the video and 30 minutes of it was a fucking countdown timer. I was like, oh. you fuck I was like, y'all scam. Why did why would y'all leave the countdown timer in the video? And I don't even think that's how YouTube works. I thought the countdown timer was it built can. into the fucking platform. It can't. It depends. If you have to use the YouTube platform countdown. That's crazy. That's crazy. So, um, <laughs> nevertheless, we got like two, three minutes of just chef's Wrong. kiss content. Um, I'm pretty sure anybody that enjoyed the original Elden Ring can can look at this trailer. Quite frankly, I don't know what the fuck is going on in the trailer. I don't know what they're talking about. But I was like, this is about to be a banger. Ten, Another 10 out of 10. Like, everything I saw looked right all right they were using new moves i was like okay they're using some fucking naruto ninjutsu flying windmill (laughs) kick i was like that wasn't in the original game i don't think i thought i saw some new spells Mm -hmm. which i'm like hopefully this shit is better than than pebble and rock boulder throw which i used the entire uh playthrough along with uh, the celestial katana or whatever it is uh i really want a new build for the dlc like i can't be keep I can't keep using that Celestial Blade, but I'm also too dependent on it. So if I get rid of it, I feel like I'm just cooked as a character. I mean, you can, you know, you can respect. So you just have to, I mean, that's true. you're going to already have to relearn how to play the game. So that's true. Pick up but you can only respect to a certain extent, right? Or can you basically just respect no, your whole you guy? You just have to have the little tier and then you go to the, I think like the, the turtle the library. Lady. Oh, library. Okay. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, and then she just says, all right, here are all your points, but... Okay, W, or W. Maybe, maybe except for, like, you know, when you started the game. The base had, like, stats. Yeah, but other than that. Okay. All right, well, I mean, regardless, I'm in, man. We saw some crazy enemies, some really cool-looking bosses. I don't know who this fire, red-haired snake person was, but they looked like they were about to be hard as fuck just by... I could just see the moves. Like, it looked like they grabbed the player 
at one point and i was like all right this is this is already some fucking bullshit already attack mad. interrupting move like they're already showing us the pain uh but yeah like how what was your reaction as you live watched the elder ring trailer for the first time i actually live watched the trailer while i was in the office Ooh, so okay there, you know i'm you know am i standing at my standing desk typing away and I'm looking, you know, I got, I'm looking down at my desk. Like, oh, 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 interesting. Oh, very, very nice. Very nice. So, I, you know, once again, I feel like I didn't get to fully experience it as it should have been experienced, you know, with a hundred percent undivided attention, but I, sure. I think I got enough. I definitely mm-hmm. got enough of what I wanted to see. Like you said, those, you know, martial art ass moves that we got to see, uh, characters doing, we saw these crazy little spells. I'm excited to see, the new environments and seeing how the world changes because i think uh i don't know if you posted this in the discord or somebody posted it about how like the it's basically a different era of yeah so it's a different era yeah it's a completely new map it's not it's not actually the lands between it's like uh you get warped to a new map is what they said okay typical dark souls Uh, fashion they warp you to a different area yeah so you're basically gonna I think when I read the description, they said that this land, like just like the land lands between has its earth tree, this land has an even bigger earth tree. And the earth tree is so big that it casts a shadow on the whole land, which is why it's called a shadow of the earth tree, which is oh, fucking insane. That's oh, just like wait, such a cool wait, ass wait. pitch. <laughs> I'm like, That's let's clean. fucking go. And basically you're going to be following in the step footsteps of Mikola, who's obviously the brother okay. of, millennia and you're basically going on you're basically following his journey and learning about what he did in this world and apparently you'll get answers to why this motherfucker was in a little egg cocoon during Mm -hmm. that moog that moog fight so yeah that's weird now i'm thinking about it like why what why is he there i gotta i gotta play i guess yep there you go i'm excited man i i i I need to i need to just go ahead and take off uh that's true i already got the date let's see was it june 21st was that a thursday if it, is it a thursday let's see i'm gonna let the folks know it's a friday um oh okay i'll take friday and monday off. a little three-day weekend oh hey monday, monday okay maybe we'll see how that how that goes okay honestly june's gonna be a banger month because obviously we get all the gaming news in june oh, that's that's true. like the e3 so you know we're gonna have some fun watching press conferences and then ideally ending it all off with a, a, a trip back into uh, one of our favorite ye old tarnished gaming experiences. Excellent. Excellent indeed. I'm, whew, come on, June. Come on. I'm ready for it. <laughs> I'm ready. Well, I'm not ready. Let's go. Got a lot of games to get through. Got a lot of games. We you're got right. You're right. way to June at this point. Exactly. So before we go, you said you want to talk about the Nintendo Direct real quick. Just uh, What you got? One announcement that I didn't realize it was it's big, it was bigger than I thought it was the Star Wars Battlefront Classic Collection. Okay, I'm a little I'm a little hyped for that one. I didn't get a chance to fully get in the Star War, the OG Star Wars Battlefront like world. I played a little bit, like I don't know, maybe about four mm, late high school, early college days. Uh, this is way past, like, you know, it's like true prime, way past like the online, um, time. So I'm just sitting there kind of playing some, you know, local up against bots. I didn't get the full experience of, uh, Battlefront 2, but to hear that we're getting the full classic collection, we're getting Star Wars Battlefront 1, Battlefront 2, full online 60. So we're getting our 64 player maps. We're getting our, uh, uh, cross play apparently. I'm like, whoa, wait a minute. This is, you know, I'm a little, I'm, my interest is, uh, peaked at, you know, that, that, I think that's pretty much where I'm at right now. I'm at least interested a little bit. I know there's some uh, other folks in the, in the other discord that are interested in it as well. So I can definitely see myself maybe, you know, picking it up if it's, you know, relatively, you know, on the cheaper side and just, you know, running a couple of games with the boys, getting a little, getting a little battlefront on. Cause I did play the newer battlefront. They were all right. Yeah. I liked I liked the one. I don't know. There was one that came with the PS4. I think it was the one that everybody hated. Where you're like running around getting tokens. Yeah. That that shit was great. Actually, the most disliked. I actually kind of liked it. 
<laughs> yeah, I thought the game was kind of clean. I know people didn't like paying, you know, $100 to get Darth Vader or whatever the fuck they had to do. But the game's kind of clean. Yeah, it's for the actual, clean. like, gameplay, if you're playing as a, you know, as a grunt, you're in the, as yeah. a shooter, it was clean. Yeah, exactly. All the, the hero villain stuff was always, you know, kind of. Yeah. That's crazy. EA sold so hard, man. I wonder, do you think EA is done selling their shooting franchises? Because obviously they sold Star Wars Battlefront. That was like, you know, EA had been, you know, in bad, in the bad light for a while. But I think that was the straw that broke the camel's back. And then they came out with uh, Battlefront. Whatever the fuck the people hate it, twenty thirty eight or whatever the game. Battlefield twenty forty two. Yeah, there we go. There we go. Battlefield twenty forty two. I remember the trailer looked fucking insane for that. Motherfuckers were like jumping off buildings, hijacking yeah. helicopters, doing all that stuff. Game was absolute ass. Everybody hated it. Uh, and the old game had more players than the current <laughs> game within like a month, which is always a terrible sign. You think right. they're done hoeing themselves? Hmm. It's hard to say because I feel like outside of the shooter space, they seem to be straight. You know, they mm-hmm. seem to be doing all right. But other like, you know, I think what was it battle so battlefield, battlefront. Also, they they do Apex as well. So, yeah, are they really that hoed? I mean, Apex is like the one, but like two of their There's two of their like iconic. three iconic shooting franchises completely yeah. sold so they might be held on the on the shooting front i would say so okay okay i say they got one more shot one more shot okay i can see that i, I feel like because they've taken two catastrophic l's back to back not back to back but damn near back to back um hopefully this will be like a little wake-up call where they're like okay will we show our faces again with these franchises we gonna have something to prove mm-hmm. but we'll see maybe not maybe they'll fumble again Maybe. Possibly. Very possible for EA. All right. Um, that's all I have uh, from the direct. I, that, everything okay. else, I was just like, oh. Honestly, <laughs> to kind of loop back into our last discussion about Xbox and the multi-platform, talk about the most anticlimactic shit of all time. Like this was such a big deal. We've been talking about it for two two fucking podcasts, maybe three fucking podcasts. I don't even know at this point. Mm-hmm. But first of all, they put out what was it? What was the first game they showed? Grounded. Grounded mm-hmm. got a little trailer. They didn't say shit afterwards. You know, sometimes the guy on the little direct comes back and says a little few extra words. Like he's like, "Here's a little game to check out. Play the trailer. Done. Gone." I'm like, okay. So I guess, you know, Nintendo don't really give a fuck. It's just another game to them. It's light work. And then they put Pentiment in the fucking sizzle reel. I'm like, God damn. Like, <laughs> yeah, this shit don't even get its own announcement. They don't give it like, That's kind of crazy. Not going to lie, that's kind of crazy. So yeah, I thought that was just funny. Like, all right. Hi-Fi like, Rush didn't even make it. Oh, Hi-Fi Rush is only going to PlayStation, right? Like, apparently, they can't run Hi-Fi Rush on the Switch right now. I can see that. That's what the rumors are saying. <laughs> which actually... <laughs> For a game that is is very dependent on the animation, like yeah. frame rate, I can see why that could be a problem. Yeah. So. And then, of course, I don't think uh, Nintendo can have Sea of Thieves. It's too mature. Uh, to see a thieves <laughs> get a, make it? Did it make it? Actually, I think you're right. I Coming think it PS5, did it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Too mature. Uh, yeah. Don't they got mature games on uh, Switch? Yeah, but this is, I don't know. How mature is Sea of Thieves? Because you're drinking alcohol? I was like, what is this man? What is this man talking about? Anyways, everybody, hope you guys are enjoying your games. Let us know what you're playing in the Discord. Once again, that's playerplayerpod.com slash Discord. We will be back next week to talk about Final Fantasy VII Rebirth reviews and whatever else is going on in the news that time. Arsene will give us some Helldivers impressions if he can get into, uh, you know, more than one match. <laughs> uh, but until then, as always, thank you for listening, Player Player. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe to us on your podcasting platform of choice. Rate us five stars on iTunes and tell your friends about us. If you want updates about future episodes and giveaways, we haven't done a giveaway in a damn near year, so I need to take that out of the script. Yeah, or you want to submit. One. We got to do one. What a, I don't even got shit to give away. What are we so going to give away? I got so many humble keys. Them shit's probably expired, bro. I'm not even going to lie. Hell yeah, them shits are expired. No um, 
But anyways, if you guys want to submit a question to the show, if you guys want to come on the show, maybe not come on the show. If you want to submit a question, <laughs> go ahead and visit playerplayerpod.com uh, slash discord. Uh, you can also follow us on social media at Player Player Pod. Big shout out to the homie, as always, Aaron Miller for the intro music. You can follow him at the Miller Child on Instagram. You can find me on social media as the Hoop Man, where the E is a three. You can find my co-host Arsin here as Pax Arsenica on Twitter and Twitch, or Arsin Lockwood on Instagram. And until next time, guys, keep gaming. Game on, folks. <laughs>